Building Years Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? This is The Building Years. I'm your host, Jeremiah Watkins. Our buddy, Justin Alexio, is actually doing some stand-in for Jimmy Kimmel today, so he will not be appearing. So this is actually the first episode that I will be conducting the interview alone, so hopefully Ooh. things don't go <laughs> terribly. But uh, you heard another voice in the background just a second ago, and I'd like to welcome our guest for the show today. Please welcome Allison Bosman to the program, everybody. Hello everybody <laughs> how are you i'm well thank you thanks for doing the podcast thanks for having me uh we've it's interesting that we've had an interesting kind of story arc on this uh podcast recently because we several weeks ago we had chris alperado yes <laughs> and then uh last week we actually had uh your husband john dewalt my lovely husband yes yeah and that was uh that was actually one of my favorite uh episodes we've we've done <laughs> so i'm excited like to hearing that <laughs> have you on the show yeah he had a lot of he had a lot of good stuff yeah he's got some gems for sure <laughs> <laughs> he he said now i want to ask you about this so, uh, and, l- and let's uh, give a little b- bit of background on, on you first. Yeah. Uh, Allison is a uh, comedian and writer. You just um, got good news, actually, right? Yes. You want to share that uh, with the with the show? Sure. It's uh, the same as John's good news. We've got hired as a team to write for NBC's Undateable next season. So. Congratulations. Yay, That's very exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. It's yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, pr- we'll probably end uh, somewhere on that because that's the most up-to-date news. Uh, we'll go back. We'll go kind of backwards a little bit. I wanted to ask you about this, though. John had mentioned mm-hmm. on his podcast that it took him several attempts to actually <laughs> lock you down <laughs> to be his oh wife. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he now, and we didn't get into that at all because uh, we, we covered a, a lot of stuff, but I did want to talk to you about, like, why it took <laughs> several times because John's a good oh, buddy of mine. And I'm yeah. like, well, why? Because I remember, and what's funny is uh, – each time he asked, I was he would talk about it on stage, <laughs> yeah. and and I talked to him a little bit about it off stage. So I was just curious, like what was the like what was the your trans- the, oh, the transition and yeah. the reasoning between? Uh, oh man, what a long long story it is. <laughs> uh, well, essentially, John. Anybody who knows John knows he's a very. Uh, eager like energetic person and like everything he does he kind of he just kind of gives it everything like no matter what it is and so even like when we first started dating he was just very like intense yeah and it was a little bit jarring to say the least um but he we did date we dated for a couple years and we lived together (laughs) at this point and you know we had talked about marriage a little bit and uh I had said, you know, yeah, like it, I definitely want to be with you when the time's ready or whatever. But he yeah. apparently took that as like, oh, proposed to me. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is it. And uh, so he proposed. And I said yes, because in that moment, what are you going to say? Right. And then I, like two days later, was like, um, we got to have a little <laughs> yeah, we, uh, That You know that thing that, that I said? That huge thing that I said yes to? I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was such a, a pal about it. He was such a good sport and was, was like, okay. And then the, the second time he did it... I knew it was coming, and I'm the I'm seriously the worst human when it comes to surprises. Like I right. hate them. I don't enjoy them. I'm the type of person who like 
loves to know the endings of movies and like right. I don't you don't care about spoilers or I anything I don't like care that. about it. In fact, that new thing on Netflix where you can like s- it spoil yourself. Have you seen that? No, what is that? It's like an app on Netflix where it sh- it literally just shows the endings to movies and TV shows like big spoilers and I can't stop clicking the button. I'll you're just, just watch like addicted it. To those. Yeah, for hours I'll just sit there and click on it and I'll be like, "Oh, sweet. Do you feel like you're kind of getting the highlights? You're like, "Okay, I don't really need yeah. to see the whole thing now." But I even if saw- I saw the movie, I would I would still be okay with knowing the ending. Yeah. But anyway, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, but then the second time I knew it was coming and I ruined it. And I was like, you're proposing tonight, aren't you? <laughs> like, what an asshole I am. And he was like, God, are you serious? He's like, how'd you know? Yeah. And it was like, I didn't know when it was going to happen. But then we went to Santa Monica. And we were in a parking garage and he forgot the parking ticket. And so... I was like wearing really uncomfortable shoes and I was like, go back to the car and grab it quick and I'll hold the elevator. And he was like, just come, come with me and come get it. And I was like, no, just go get the ticket. And, and there was like 20 little like Chinese people waiting also for the elevator. And I was like, like so pissed. Yeah. Yeah. So finally I like went back to the car with him. I was so angry and I'm like digging for the ticket and I turned around and he's like, on his knee and such a gut reaction. I was like, are you fucking kidding? Like, cause I was so mad <laughs> that he made me go back to the car. And then I was just like, Oh, this night is just ruined. Right. And we uh, got now you guys were, you said you were going out to eat or yeah, we were like going out and I knew it was going to happen sometime during the night, but I didn't know when. And so at that point it, it was foiled all the plans. Right. So we just like, he did it very quietly, like on the promenade, just the two of us like talking. <laughs> I felt really bad, but so it all what, worked what out. What was the time span between the first and the third? Uh, oh God, two years. Okay, because we just got married in May, so that's good. Yeah, but it was like I'm glad I w- I'm glad I I did what I did because I wasn't ready to get married when he. Well, asked you have the to be time. in the right mindset. It's oh, for sure. Because I mean, anybody who's going into a marriage uh, that is wanting to be successful, it's like, well, this is a one-off thing. Yeah. Let's not start this thing on shaky grounds, and yeah, then totally. a couple years in, be like, was this the right decision? All that stuff. Yeah, and honestly, it had nothing to do with our relationship. Relationship. I just said shit. <laughs> um, it it had more to do with my own personal shit, like in my life. It was just a very unsteady time, and it just wasn't ideal. So sure. So, okay, so where are you originally from? I'm originally from Wisconsin. You are from Wisconsin, okay. And then how, uh, what was your first really, like, introduction to comedy? Like, uh, even, it could even be, like, a TV show, movies, or whatever. Do you remember, like, whenever you were young? Yeah. uh, Whenever you first started being like, oh, this is, this is kind of cool, or or this is what I like to watch, or I want to be a part of this. Yeah, I I remember from really really little on watching like kind of inappropriate movies that my parents like didn't really like censor any of that. They just yeah. kind of let us watch what we wanted. And so I remember watching like old SNL and I remember watching, you know, like the um National Lampoon movies and oh, like yeah. Porkies and like really inappropriate stuff, <laughs> but like I loved it and like my all-time favorite movie was Dumb and Dumber and after I like got hooked on that, I was like this is what I want to do. And like, I had my mind made up pretty at a pretty young age, what I wanted to do. Right. So yeah, dumb and dumber and Tommy boy are my two favorite movies. You got mine and John's favorite movies. I cannot. Can I marry you guys? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Exactly. Ask us three times. I said three times. The third time I'll be like, yes, (laughs) absolutely. 
Oh, yeah. I was just actually watching Tommy Boy last night, and it's the first time I've seen it. And actually, probably the longest time I've gone without seeing it. And it's, oh, those it's movies so are good. so good. Yeah. What are you thinking? What is your opinion of Dumb and Dumber 2? Uh, I saw the trailer, and I already died laughing watching the trailer, so I'm right. psyched about it. I'm hoping that it's going to be freaking amazing. Yeah. I it, think, if, oh. I, I really think it will be, and I think, but I also think that I'm such a big fan that I don't think they could do it wrong in my eyes. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's taken so long. Yeah. Like, they've gone through so many years of back and forth of, all right, Jim Carrey's on board. Oh, now Jeff Daniels can't do it because he's shooting yes. Newsroom and, like, all this stuff, and... Now, uh, I'm now just so. So, did you make the move from Wisconsin to Chicago to do improv? Yes, I did. I actually moved to Chicago for school. I went to Columbia College. Okay, it's uh, funny. There's a ton of Columbia people I out know. here. We've even had on this podcast multiple Columbia people. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Are they all as broke as I am? Because uh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, the school loans and, and oh stuff like God, that. Oh, my God, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, but that's what I want. I really wanted to move out here right after high school, and luckily my dad was like, hell no. Like, you're not yeah. moving right out. He knew. Which but, probably, in hindsight for yeah. you, you're like, thank you, Dad. Yeah, I was. I like, was you, yeah. you sometimes look back at what your parents say. Like, in the moment, you're like, come on, let me do this. Yeah, yeah. Like, and 18 then, years old. Yeah. Just, I was just, like, so dumb. Like, so <laughs> stupid about so many things. And money. And, like, yeah, I'm so I'm so relieved he made me go to a very expensive college. And I'm still paying for it today. Yeah. Uh, but, I, yeah. I moved out here at 20. And those two years, I went to like a community college yeah. in Kansas City, and those two years helped me grow yeah. so much. Just figuring out, uh, just out of high school, like how to hold down a job, work full time, go to school full time, all that stuff. And then yeah. you, by the time you get out here, just even a few years later, like I have a little bit more of an idea of what to expect mm -hmm. whenever I come out here. Yeah. So uh, you moved to Chicago. You're moved going to, Chicago. to Columbia. Yep, I went to Columbia. I found probably my sophomore year of college. I um, I got into Second City and did like uh, some of the. I did the classes and stuff. But what was really cool was Columbia. My senior year, my last year, they had um, a program through Columbia. Uh, that you could basically study abroad at Second City. Okay. So it was like a year at Second City, and it That's was an amazing it was program. Fuck, it was so. Yeah. Oops, can I swear? You can on say here? whatever you want. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was totally fucking awesome. Yeah, get excited. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. I mean, it was, it was little. I learned about about the history of Second City from Sheldon Patinkin, who like started oh, Second City, and I was I've, learning yeah. from these amazing people, Mary Scruggs and Ann Libra, and like people that like started this and like it was just it was very cool and uh to to finish off my last year of college doing that was just like it was awesome we we're the first group to do it and now there's actually through columbia there's a comedy studies major which is so wow. rad wow yeah I, that's probably one of the only schools in the nation right that it is has? the only yeah it's yeah. the only one and it's the first yeah it's very very cool that's cool i'll be that'll be interesting to see like what uh you know, future people come yeah, out of that totally. program. That's kind of cool that you are one of the, you're the yeah, leading pioneer. That's right. I think <laughs> class. Uh, the, the class after me, um, Ad Bryant was in, and she's oh, cool. now on SNL. Which Did you cool. work with her at all? Because I had a buddy actually um, who went to. I wonder if you know uh, Christopher Edwards or. Think I do. Anyway, he's a Columbia guy. He did a, he did some improv with eighty. Did you end up okay. doing any improv kind with of, that crew? Uh, we kind of missed each other. I think. Yeah. Yeah. She was. She was just. 
I, th- I think I actually left while she was sort of gotcha. on her way up. Doing her but thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when, what was the, your transition like from Chicago to Los Angeles? Um, it was a tricky one. It was, it was <laughs> weird because when I left Chicago, I was, uh, I was performing at Second City on their house ensemble team and I was doing a lot of, uh, stuff at Annoyance and I was like very much active in like the comedy community, right, right. living with a bunch of really great improvisers and I was very much in the world. And then when I moved out here, uh, I wasn't anymore and I couldn't really afford to pay for classes anymore. They get so, it's just so expensive. It's crazy. Yeah. And I also didn't have the time because I was working. Mm-hmm. So it was, it didn't, so I, I wanted to, I thought it would be an easy transition and it wasn't. It's, yeah. Second City is just not the same out here as, as great as it is. It's just not, it's not quite the same. Yeah. It's a different kind of community. Cause I did a yeah. uh, second city LA out here and yeah. they're great to me for, um, the time while I was there, but, yeah. uh, I, you know, eventually had to move on, do other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you kind of quit imp- like not quit, but you stopped doing it cold Turkey for a little bit. Yeah. And how, like, how did you like, uh, keep going? Like, did you have friends who were already out here in Los Angeles? Um, I had, no, I didn't actually. I moved oh, okay. out with Abby Launder, who was uh, my best friend from Chicago, and she's a comedian. And she, she and I moved out just the two of us, and like we really didn't know anybody out here. So we ended up getting like the same job at this terrible restaurant in Burbank, and like were you t- were you waitresses or yeah, uh, we were waitresses. We lied to get waitress status. It was great. Oh, filled out the resume. They wanted, with yeah, they wanted us to be hostesses, <laughs> hostesses, and we were like, no, no, we want to. Of course be not. The full. Yeah, the we're full gonna Monty. we're gonna make some money. Yeah. which we absolutely didn't make any money. What kind, what kind of restaurant was this? Uh, Burbank I'm gonna place? go ahead and put them on blast. It was the Elephant Bar in Burbank. Oh, okay. They're terrible. <laughs> They're horrible. What would just like in general? Oh man, just like yeah. I mean, any corporate place you work at is probably going to be the same. Yeah. But it was pretty awful. Like I quit on Mother's Day because <laughs> some woman called me a fucking bitch because I didn't bring out the right kind of chicken. Was she a mom? No, I mean, I guess she was kind of with a motorcycle gang. So I don't know if they were like <laughs> a motorcycle gang of moms, but they That'd were be not the best. pleasant. Yeah, and I was like, and I'm done. Yeah, you're like, that's it's this is Mother's Day. You yeah. have to be pleasant. Yeah, exactly. Come on. I come from a you good family in nice. Wisconsin. You can't <laughs> do this to me. Yeah. Was that a, a little bit of a culture shock, uh, uh, originally being from Wisconsin and then dealing just with some of the L.A. people out here yeah. where you're just like, are you, see, are you, are you a real person? Right yeah, now? I definitely I definitely had the run-ins with those types of people, but there was also there's so many people out here from the Midwest that There are. that like I didn't have that like big feeling of like, "Oh, everyone's horrible." Like a lot of people do. I felt yeah. like generally everyone was pretty nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I which I was happy about cuz I'm very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Yeah, yeah. you uh, you kind of have to develop a thick skin pretty yeah. quickly. Coming yeah. out here. Oh, so, yeah. So you quit the elephant bar. Quit the elephant and bar. And then what's what's going on? Like financially, it's probably pretty rough out here. You just moved yeah. out here and you have student loans and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I moved out. I know John said in his podcast he moved out with $100. I moved out with a negative $100,000. So <laughs> wow. that's even worse. So uh, you're beating John a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Uh, 
yeah, I didn't have any money, but I we managed. I mean, I don't know how, but you just kind of you just kind of do. Yeah, you manage and you figure out random ways yeah. to get <laughs> income. Yeah, basically. totally. And I I ended up actually after that job getting hired as a nanny for my manager, which was a weird setup. Now, were you <laughs> were you signed by the manager before or after the, the uh, nanny? Funny thing? story. <laughs> Before, but she was pregnant, and I was like, I'm a nanny because I was so broke and yeah. desperate that yeah, you I was just need like, anything. Yeah, and she was cool, she was great, so she was like, Yeah, but it was, it definitely got a little bit too, too inside. Yeah, well, yeah, little, it's like, All right, now you pay me for this nanny thing, and then if if I book a job, I'll give you 10% of that. Yeah, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard like emailing her and being like, Hey, can I get an audition for this? and also like. Your kid made a mess. Yeah, like, (laughs) it was just, it was a little bit too much. The waters were a little muddy. Um, But it was, you know, that was, that saved my life for Freno. Yeah. As far as, like, not having to get another, like, restaurant So how did you kind of... You have a different manager now, or I do. okay. Yeah. So how did you trans- <laughs> how do you transition out of something like that? Whenever it becomes so inside, when you're like, yeah, oh, this person is like a big part of everything that's yeah. going on. Well, she had told me from the beginning, if it ever gets to be weird, yeah, let me know, and I did, and I that's and, that, cool. and it was good. It was a very like, it was a very uh, amicable split, I suppose you could say, yeah. and uh, and. It was good. I mean, it was it was what needed to happen, and and it was pretty like non dramatic, which yeah. is nice. Um, but so were you like auditioning and uh, submitting writing packets like all along this time? Um, I didn't. I didn't focus on writing when I first moved out. I focused. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be an actress and a uh, comedian, and actually, I ended up getting. Uh, an audition for it was a reboot of whose whose line is it anyway? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they it was on the game show network, and they were looking for two young females specifically. That's what they wanted to like round out the cast. And I ended up booking it, and uh, it was it, we did a couple live shows at the Improv in Hollywood, and I I was doing these live shows, and it was so crazy because I it was the original cast with like oh really except no Colin and no uh Brady what's his name Wayne Brady Wayne Brady yeah yeah (laughs) yeah uh and (laughs) so so it was but it was strange I mean I literally like had just met these people the audition and then I was like thrown into these live things and it was really overwhelming there was no rehearsals and like it was it was scary but we did these live shows and I ended up doing okay but apparently it was not good enough because like two weeks before we were supposed to start filming, I got fired. Oh. And yeah, it was brutal. That's kind of, uh, I guess it's just one of those jobs where they're moving so fast where they're just like, they have certain expectations, I guess. And then yeah. it's like, well, can't we rehearse? It's like, well, you're just supposed to be this super, yeah, you know. Yeah, it was crazy. The super the, pro or whatever. The reason that they gave me was, uh, what they gave me, the reason was that they had somebody who was on the cast, the original cast, who wouldn't do it unless he was a producer and the cast was all all original members. Oh. Um, but I, I, I don't think that was the case because they kept the other new girls. <laughs> so <laughs> I was the only one that got canned. Uh, but it was so rough because that was the first thing that I got out here. Yeah, and how long had you been out here whenever uh, you had booked let's that? Let's see. Probably like a year and a half. Yeah. 
So, so it yeah, was, that's the first thing. You're like, okay, I'm getting some momentum. Yeah. I got this. A little and bit then, of cash. Like, I could, you know, it was like, yeah, it was just the beginning of like what I thought was this like road up. Right. And it was really the beginning of like a spiral down to my lowest point. <laughs> uh, so it's, it sucked. Like I, after that, I just questioned everything I did. Yeah. Everything. I just, not nothing was good to me anymore nothing i did well once something like that happens to you that's you really have to experience it as one thing like that and then you're like oh there's no guarantees out here right as soon as something like that affects you you're like whenever you you book something you're like well i have to wait until this actually comes out Uh so i can tell people about this otherwise it may just disappear into the ether yeah and that was the crappy part is that i didn't tell anybody because i was very aware that that could happen and then like literally a couple days before i got fired i told everyone because i was (sighs) so excited and i was like well it's so close now it's so close i've done these shows yeah why not? Like, and I want, and I actually had like family and friends that were going to fly because it was filmed in Vegas. They were going to fly to the, to Vegas. It was filmed at the MGM and like see a show. Oh. I had people who had like tickets booked and stuff. No. Yeah. So oh. it was just like, it was totally brutal. So how did you kind of dig yourself out of that? Because you kind of have to, you also, you also have to, the thing about LA is you have to snap back pretty quickly so you can yeah. get back on the horse. Yeah. And keep, and, <laughs> keep and trucking along. Unfortunately, I did not snap back quickly. It was, that was like the, that set off two years of, it was the worst two years of my life. Like mm. in general, overall, like every, like just bad shit started to happen after that. And like when you're already in a bad place, everything it just, just keeps seems, coming. Yeah. Like it, it just keeps they, coming. They say bad comes in threes and I believe that. And even sometimes even more than that. Yeah. Yeah, it just starts going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, down the down this path. When did when did the uh, the light start <laughs> kind of pouring uh, back in? <laughs> let's see. I kind of did a clean out of my life. Like I I got a different manager. I got a different job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I focused more. I was really sick of people telling me what I needed to do, like in order to see success. And yeah. like there was always these very clear paths that agents and managers and friends and, you know, other artists, they always had these paths for me, like, well, you should take this class and you should do this route. And why don't you try this? And I did everything that yeah. they said. And it gets nothing, so frustrating it after is. a while because you're like, okay, well, you're like, they always use examples of famous people. This, mm-hmm. this person went here, but you don't know the other combination of right. stuff that's going on in their life to propel them yeah. forward they could yeah maybe they took a class at second city or right. or somewhere else and they're doing great things now but you, you don't know if it's they met city. one producer uh-huh. along the way that changed their life but you know they just harp on that like you got to go to groundlings you gotta yep. you gotta go to ucb you gotta do this because that's a possible path yeah and that's what i was like no i refuse to believe that that's my only option right are those things like right. so i just made a very like my attitude completely 180 and I just like was like no I'm not gonna have anybody else tell me what way I should go and I just started doing stuff again that made me happy like I started writing um and I which I went to college for so it's crazy that I like I had a minor in creative writing and a major in theater and so I never but I never really wrote I just I would do it for fun but never like concentrate and once I like sat down and did it I was like oh this is fun so I started focusing on that and I wrote a one-woman show and I started doing videos with uh, Brooke Lindsay, who's another comedian, mm-hmm. and it just like 
and I stopped caring essentially. And then people were like, Hey, this is something. And yeah, this is, this is good. Yeah. I got an awesome manager and, uh, started writing with John and wrote two cool pilots. And that's like when things started to turn around a little. So, <laughs> and that's fairly, fairly recently. Yeah. I mean, this whole, the whole thing with undateable started, uh, John took the, the assistant job and yeah. I was still nannying and, I we both had kind of made it our goal to get on the show together because we wrote really well together and uh, and I didn't want a nanny anymore. So he was like, I'm going to take this assistant job, but let's make it your goal to like go to every taping. So I went to every single taping. Yeah, I got to know everybody. Uh, I sort of just like learned how the show worked and he was telling me what he learned. And so we kind of had that as ammo when we finally got to meet with Bill and, you know, we showed him our scripts and, you know, I just, we were prepared, I guess. So yeah, it sounds like you guys kind of went in as a true team. Yeah. And then that really, that really showed. And then they're like, yeah, let's, let's freaking make this happen. Yeah, it was great. And they, it's great. Cause we knew going in as a team, they were, it's obviously it's more appealing cause you get two writers for one. Yeah. So we were like, let's just do everything we possibly can to get this. And so it's great. Cause John didn't have to include me, but he, you know, he believed in, uh, you know, our stuff together and yeah. he just wanted me to get a start with him, which is very cool. So that's awesome. Yeah. Now, is it easier for you to write with uh, John now as like kind of a, a comedy duo, like as a partner? Or you said you also did a one woman, one woman show. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying one woman show. What's that? What's it like to write a one woman show? Uh, it was a, it's interesting. It was a a lot, right? It was a lot. It was a lot more than a lot of preparation. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot more than I anticipated actually. Um, but it, it was, it was so rewarding. I put it up at the comedy central stage, which was very cool. And at UCB and, uh, it, it just was fun and it, it was, but yeah, it was a shitload of work. It was way more work than I thought it was going to be, but it was essentially just, like 10 different characters that I had kind of worked on through SNL tapes and like other stuff that I had done, but never like had the outlet to use them anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to put these all in a show. And there was kind of like a, th- a thread throughout it that tied them all together. And uh, it was, it was very rewarding, but I definitely enjoy writing with other people. Mm-hmm. Like I, I tend to lose focus relatively quickly when I'm writing by myself. Right. And so it's good to have the other person there being like, hey, let's hey, get back. Hey, hey. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Check back in over here. Yeah, which John's good at, surprisingly. He's like, okay, let's focus. And yeah, we, we write really well together. So it's it's cool. Awesome. Now yeah. what, um, uh, in a second, we're going to do the uh, the Hollywood bitch slap, which oh, yes. is uh, that segment. So you know, many just, to choose from. I know, right? That's, <laughs> that's great. Uh, before we get to that, Let's say, uh, hopefully, that you know this podcast will still be online somewhere in like five or ten years from now. Yes. Where would you want future Allison to be, and like, what would be mm. ideal? Like, what, what would be your goals now for you down down the line? Hmm. I think uh, this is a hard question, but I think I would just like to be doing anything creatively that makes me happy, whether that's mm-hmm. writing or acting or whatever the case may be. I mean, I just like, I like creating stuff. So I suppose writing is probably a better path for me. So I guess still writing. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'd love to have my own show. I mean, that's like the ultimate dream, I think, is right. to 
write and be in your own show. Uh, but man, I don't, I don't think, I don't have dreams of grandeur anymore. I'm very content with just being happy, like writing and working. Yeah. So that's my goal. It's a pretty lame goal. No, not really. uh, (laughs) I mean, if you can have a a goal that's like that, because I mean, you guys are about to start writing on undateable and you guys are going to knock it out of the park and then Mm. it'll lead to hopefully, hopefully more seasons first of this show. And then it'll lead to other writing jobs. So I hope so. It's just the beginning, which is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And I I mean, I would love to continue working with my friends because like Rick and Brent are on the show. They're our best friends. That's the best. Yeah. We all live together in the same apartment, which is pretty rad. That's, you know, that's the next sitcom. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Believe me, we've talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be really great to be working with, with friends and, have that dream team which you know that's ideal so we'll see yeah awesome uh and now let's get negative again guys yeah, with the hollywood bitch slap ah. justin <laughs> uh i'm nailing the sound effects without nailing you right now it. uh okay allison what what is one moment now we, we touched upon that one two-year period was mm-hmm. there one specific moment while you've been in LA or it could just be in general with uh with improv even back in Chicago or whatever, a bad mm-hmm. audition, whatever, uh that you it was just like a terrible time where uh <laughs> where it was it's re- really just like hard to get out of basically. Like it it can yeah. be anything. Um Um yeah, I have a I have a really good one I think. Um okay, well I have to preface this by saying I had it. I was almost the Wendy's girl. Okay. Can we just stop oh, for one second? Oh, well, that's, I this was, is a great beginning. <laughs> I was this almost is, the Wendy's girl. Oh, and, man. Okay. Did you I, have red hair at the time? Well, here's the thing. I, <laughs> okay, I let's did. Let's get it. into it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm blonde for those of you who don't know what I look like, but I, I was a red, I, I was uh, coerced into doing the red hair by my manager because I wasn't, I was getting a lot of avails for commercials, but I wasn't booking them. Right. So she was like, change up your look. Another thing that I listened to without any hesitation was yeah. like, cool, red hair. Uh, so I had dyed my hair red and I was almost the Wendy's girl, but I didn't get it, obviously. And then I got an audition to for Modern Family and it was basically to play Julie Bowen from behind. Mm-hmm. And so my manager was like, you have to dye your hair back. And at this point, I only had it red for like two weeks. Oh, yeah. So it's so bad for your yeah, hair. Yeah, it's really damaging, it. right? Yeah, it's yeah. super damaging. So, But I, I got it dyed back blonde. And it was like this rat race. And I had to pay for ev- all of these color jobs. <sighs> and I was so broke. Yeah. And so I did it. And I, I was like super focused on this audition. And I got my friend David Sullivan to help me with it. He's an acting coach. He's great. And he like helped me with it. And I was like super prepared. And it's for Jeff Greenberg, who's who's like known to be a very tough guy to audition for. He's very intimidating. Like, And I, so I was already nervous. But the audition, so you start facing whoever is reading because they're, you're supposed to look like her from behind. Okay. And then Phil in the show pinches her, what, who he thinks is his wife's butt. It's right. actually Haley's roommate. Yeah. She whips around and, you know, that's when the scene starts. So I go into the audition. I feel great about it. I start, I whip myself around and I got tangled up. My feet like got tangled up and I fell and I was holding the script and the my other hand was holding a chair, but I fell on my chin and oh. it, I split it open. It was oh, no. dripping blood. I could feel the blood coming down my neck and I just completely 
lost it. I just stood there, <laughs> didn't say a word. I just stared at him and was like, ah. Uh, and then I just immediately raced through the scene. Like I, I must have been speaking a thousand words a minute. So I you was just kept, like, you, you stayed I in the scene. kept going, yeah. And you could just wow. tell he just felt so much like like sorrow for me. Oh, like, yeah. He was just looking at me like, oh, this poor thing. And I like I left so quickly and I was like, that was the worst thing ever. Oh, no. I just split my chin open. And then I went right back to work. I went back to babysitting. And this sounds like the worst day ever. No, it was horrible. Yeah. And I was giving the kid a bath that night and he shit in the tub. And at this point, he was like, <laughs> he was like four. So it was like, it You're wasn't like, baby. Four. <laughs> yeah. You are almost. It wasn't child. baby poop anymore. It was like a human shit. It was like a St. Bernard. Yes. <laughs> and like, as I'm taking said shit from tub to toilet, I get a text that is from a friend who said she booked a sitcom and I was like this is the worst day of my oh. life it was so bad so that's my Hollywood bitch slap that's a pretty great example yeah it's a pretty good slap. day and I've never I've never been back to audition for him and I don't know that I'd ever be able to face him again oh. Someday. 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 Let's make that a part you of the goal. You hear me, Jeff. You hear Someday me. Someday I'll be Someday back. Someday I'll be back. <laughs> and next time I won't split my chin open. I won't open. bleed. I won't yes. bleed all over. Now, uh, I can't believe that you kept that. Okay. Now that, you should get a gold star for commitment well, right there. Well, I kept going because they didn't say anything. See, okay. That's where I 100% disagree with that audition room. They yeah. should have yelled, cut. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Let's let let's get you a bandage or whatever, and then let you do the audition. That's yeah. totally a dick move on their part that they didn't stop it. Maybe they thought I could like turn it into something really great, like use no, it. That is, no, I I'm refusing <laughs> to let them off the hook with this one. But like it was one of those moments where I was just staring at them, and my mind was going like, "Say something, say it, do the scene, do the scene," and I like couldn't speak because I was just I yeah, could feel it. Yeah, of course, just dripping. Oh. And I was like, oh, at this point. And so I like blacked out, did the scene, came back to life and walked out. Wow. That's that's pretty awesome. Yep. <laughs> well, great day. Uh, that pretty much uh, wraps up our podcast <laughs> for the day. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, where can people find you online, like Twitter or Facebook or um, social media, whatever? Yeah, I don't do Twitter. Uh, never have, never will. That's okay. Anti Twitter, but I'm on Facebook. It's just my name. And you oh, said you've got mo- like YouTube sketches and different stuff. Yeah, that funny or die, you can search my name and YouTube. Yeah, I'm all over. All right, just guys. Google me. You'll see me as the fired cast member from the Drew Carey's Whose Line Is It? Yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, check out Allison Bosma's stuff. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, Loved for having, having me. you. And uh, to continued success, I'm very excited for you and John on this new season of Undateable. Thank you so much.